You're listening to Welcome to Eloma, a podcast for highly ambitious dreamers who get shit done. I'm your host, Kylie Peters. This is a space where we talk about mental resilience. So the world of entrepreneurship is challenging to say the least. Some days are slam dunks and others leave us questioning every single decision we have ever made. And it goes without saying that this mental roller coaster can really take its toll over time. Today's guest has an incredible story and is taking to the stage to share it. I'm thrilled to have Tanya Joshan, founder of Sipology, former known as Steep Tea, with us here today to share her story of mental resiliency. She bounced back from a near suicide attempt to building a $20 million company with over 10,000 team members across Canada and the US. I am so excited to jump into this conversation. Welcome to Eloma, Tanya. Oh, welcome. Thank you. I'm so excited to be here, girl. This is amazing. <laughs> I am I am so excited to have you. Thank you for being here. Um, Tanya, before we dive into the details, because we could probably sit here and talk for hours, do you want to share a brief background about where you came from and where you are now? And then we'll we'll break down all the middle pieces. Yeah, absolutely. Um, so I started this company. Oh my gosh, I gotta turn up that. Uh, I started this company uh 17 years ago and it came out of a like heart break because my husband and I had just suffered a miscarriage and we were devastated by that. It was our first, um, first pregnancy. Uh, you know, you don't really expect, you expect things to go great. And then when they don't, you're like, oh no. And then, uh, that took us away to the East coast of Canada, where we stayed in a bunch of bed and breakfast. And at the very first bed and breakfast, they served us this amazing loose leaf tea called cream of Earl Grey. And I just remember everything about this tea in the morning made me so happy. And I mean, it's so weird to think like, how could a tea make you that happy? I don't know, but it did. Like the smell of it was like this creamy vanilla uh, smelling tea. And the taste was like vanilla and creamy. I don't know. It was just so good with the Earl Grey bergamot notes. And I never had loose leaf tea before. So you know, and all I knew about loose leaf tea was that it was like hard to make and it was like messy and yada, yada. But I was like, I've got to learn more about loose leaf tea because there is no comparison between loose leaf tea and um, tea bags, which I, you know, call hot dog tea now, by the way. <laughs> you never know what you're going to get in that. so gross. Yeah. You hot never know what tea. you're going to get in the tea bag. Like you uh. never know what you're going to get in your hot dog. Um, yeah, that's so gross. <laughs> oh so my God. I, I took this tea. I found it like he, I asked him where he got this tea from. And he said he got it about, you know, a, a couple of miles away at this tea shop. So I brought a whole bunch of this tea home to my friends and family. I started introducing it to them and they all loved it. And I was like, God, you know, I'm going to like revolutionize the tea industry. I'm going to like start doing tea parties and I'm going to, you know, get the awareness of how great it tastes compared to your grocery store tea bags. And that's what I did. So I, I came up with the name steep tea at the time. I came up with a little catalog, um, started resort, like, you know, figuring out where I was going to source this tea from. Um, and, uh, and away I went, it was just, 
like it was supposed to be just a hobby because I had a full-time job with my father's business. Uh, this was just something that I was going to be like, you know, it's just going to be happy. It's going to make me feel good and take my mind off of the miscarriage. And then I don't know what happened. It just grew. It just, I like, I did my, um, my first event was a total bomb. But then after that, I eventually got um, an event where I booked eight parties from. And those oh. eight parties, yeah, eight parties turned into 15. And before I knew it, I was doing upwards of like 20 events a month. And uh, I got pregnant again. And this time we were certain we were pretty, um, we were pretty confident that things were going to go well with the second pregnancy. So I needed help. And so that's when I decided that I was going to turn it into a direct selling company and offer this opportunity to other women and men across Canada at the time um, to be their own micro entrepreneurs to help me sell this tea. And yeah. <laughs> and here we are today. <laughs> here we are today. So, okay. So, so you've, so you went from, it's going to be a hobby. This sounds fun yeah. Uh, yeah. to 20 million in annual revenue and 10,000 people. Uh, okay. Um, and at, <laughs> at some point in time though, um, a few years ago, right. Yeah. It all became a bit too much. 100%. Um, yeah. So, so while building this business, I had, so I went from miscarriage to baby to miscarriage to baby to baby. So I had three children, um, while building this company, my husband was, um, also going to school for his master's in business at the University of Toronto. We owned three Subway franchises at the time as well, while I was building this company, while I was having babies. And uh, throughout those, those, those years, I just didn't take care of myself. I had severe postpartum depression with all of my babies, but I, I just wasn't confident or no confidence, not the right word. I just wasn't, um, what's the word I'm looking for? Comfortable enough to admit that I had a problem, right? I didn't talk. Sure, it's hard. Problems. It's hard. You know, you're, you are, you know, the founder of this company, you're the face of the company. People are looking at you for inspiration and leadership. And I wasn't going to, you know, admit that I was having like severe depression problems. So I just kind of put it on the side. Like I just put on the back burner, put on the back burner, put on the back yeah. burner. And then um, in 2018, it just, you know, a lot of things were leading up to that. Like my, my, my depression, my anxiety was just not being solved. And then in 2018, we had a really bad year at our company. Um, and we had some employees that were causing a lot of, um, a lot of problems for us. And it just, it was like, it was like the tipping point for me. I just mm. went from being okay to being not okay. And my body just saying, it's, I'm shutting you down, shut down, panic yeah. attacks, couldn't sleep. I started smoking. I started drinking. I, I started doing all kinds of weird things that I just thinking back now, I really wasn't able to control it. My, my body just took over. My mind took over. I felt like I wasn't I shouldn't be here anymore, that my family was better off without me. Like all of these suicidal thoughts were going through my head. And that's when I knew that I needed help. And, you know, I remember I was sitting in the bathtub crying and thinking, how 
how am I going to do this? How am I going to do this? And, um, and it was just at that moment that one of my best friends called and, and I think that if she hadn't called me at that moment, I, I might've done something really stupid. Mm. And she pulled me out of it and said, you can't leave your children. Like your children will be devastated. And she snapped me out of that moment for just a second to be like, yes. Oh my God, I can't do this to my kids. What am I thinking? Tanya, you need, you need help. You need to check into a mental health hospital, like as soon as possible. And, uh, and that's what happened. And, uh, so I spent, so my husband was 100% supportive on board. My doctors, everybody surrounding me was like, yes, this is what she needs to do. Um, five weeks away from my family, five weeks away from the business. I just need to focus on getting better. And that's exactly what I did. And it wasn't easy. I mean, the guilt, oh my God, the guilt that consumed me for leaving my family and leaving my husband and, you know, in a, in a situation that like our business wasn't doing well, we had employees who were causing issues, like to leave that in his like bucket was awful. But, but we both both knew that if I didn't get this help, that, that I wouldn't get better. And I, yeah. So anyways, did that, um, came out of the hospital, uh, was diagnosed with an anxiety, um, disorder, um, with a, with a side helping of depression, <laughs> which I oh, fun. already what a knew. Tasty treat. Yeah. A little tasty treat of depression and, um, instantly like meds were, were prescribed Th- things that I knew I should have had a long time ago. I, I yeah. for sure, my doctors talked to me about it years before this said, you, you should go on meds. And I'm like, no, no, no. Meds are for weak people. I I'm not going on meds. Right. And, uh, but I, I was like, no, I better do this. If you're interested in asking me questions about running your business, but you're working on a budget and only need a teeny tiny bit of handholding right now, check out the CEO hotline. This is an online community that I'll be managing on a weekly basis, answering questions about running your business. And then we'll have a monthly live Q&A where I'll answer whatever questions you have in real time. Learn more at rixceohotline.com. Thank you for sharing sharing your story with us. Um, so you, I want to just bring it back for a second. So, so that moment you said you were sitting in the bathtub crying, and your friend called, and that was that was the thing that snapped you out. So, yeah. so what were the, you know, you, you talked about like you can't do this to your children, etc. As you were entering into that phase of like, okay, I've I've identified that there's a yeah. problem, and I'm trying to find a solution. What was like your mental path in terms of this is how I'm, this is what I need to do, or, or these are the the steps I'm going to take? Because I think it's so hard. Like I, I resonate with so much of what you're saying. And I think a lot of entrepreneurs do because it is a lot. It's a lot. And to your point, like what you said, we are often the face of our business. We are the people leading. There's a lot of weight, a lot of pressure, a lot of expectations. And to admit that something is not going the way you had planned is really tough and and really courageous. And so I'm just, I I would love to just understand even more if, if if you have anything left to say there about the mindset shift of like, nope, this, this isn't what I had planned. It has to change. And this is, this is what I have to accept as my new reality. Any, anything in that capacity? 
Well, you know, it, it was just, I just imagined my, my children being without their mom at that moment. Like I, I felt that it would be absolutely devastating to them to, um, to lose their mom. And like, for what reason? Because I, I wouldn't accept help. Like, right. Like, I mean, at that point, up until that point, I wasn't accepting of anybody's help. I wasn't willing to go and talk to a therapist. I wasn't willing to think about medications. And I thought, why would I end my life without even trying to yeah, do to try? Right. Um, and of course, you know, when, you, with my children, I, I just knew that I, I just kept imagining how they would explain that to their friends, how they would explain that to people in their life. How, how would their dad explain this to them? So those are the things that kept running through my mind after I got off the call. And, and it was almost instantly, I called my doctor and said, okay, I'm ready. Like, let's get me into this facility because there was a wait list of about four weeks. wow! Yeah. So I had to wait four weeks prior to getting into there. So I had to make that decision and then wait four weeks to get into. And I remember during, even during those four weeks, I would call for any cancellation, any cancellation, because I was worried that I wouldn't make it to there. Like what if, what Mm. if I started going down that path again? But luckily I, I, um, I was good. I have a very supportive family. I have a very supportive husband, but even sometimes that doesn't even matter, right? Like people. Yeah. It's a very personal journey, but even though our lives touch so many others, as, as you're talking about, you know, there's, I I think, like I said, I think it's really brave and courageous to be able to name, I need help and then to do something about it. But I, I didn't know that you had to wait four weeks to get in like that, that alone must have been such a challenge once you've decided, okay, I'm ready, but you can't actually do anything about it yet. No. Yeah. That's crazy. And you know what, uh, you know, here's an interesting thing that happened the first week that I was in the hospital day two, um, this was July, 2018, uh, Kate Spade committed suicide. And I remember that day. Uh, yeah. And the chef, um, Bourdain. Yes. Within the same week. And that was the first week that I entered the hospital and I thought, oh my God, like this wow. is a sign I need to be here. Like it rocked me. It rocked everybody in the hospital yeah. that because we were like, oh my God, like these two massive, you know, figures in, in the media gone with like in a week of each other. Like it was, it was crazy. And, and that's when I realized, yeah, there's so many people out there suffering and, and and won't get the help or, or haven't gotten the right help or um, yeah. And that's why I've become such a passionate advocate for mental health and talk about this openly. It's a hard subject to talk about. And I wasn't even really sure when I got out of the hospital and my husband was like, I don't know if we should be telling anybody this because I am such a public figure in my company. Like Mm -hmm. I was worried that people were going to look at me differently and maybe judge me and, and, you know, not think I was a good leader. And I thought, I said to him, well, if that's how they feel, then they're not the right people in my company. Like, I can't, I can't be a hypocrite and, and not talk about this. Yeah. It's so important. Right. And you know what, Kylie, the opposite happened. 
people were so happy that I talked about it because really? it it helped them talk about it. Right. It exactly. was like, yeah, if Tanya can talk about this, then I can talk about this too. And yeah. so that's when I started the Wednesday talks. So for the last five years, every Wednesday, I do a, a, a mental health piece. Um, and I've been very consistent with that, considering that I'm a one follow through. <laughs> <laughs> That's very so impressive. Start one through, but, but I've been very consistent with that because it's so important to me. Um, yeah, it's well. Good. I think you know. Again, thank you again for sharing your story and and for taking to the stages and for being public about it. And I think that's one thing that I've noticed too over the last few years is especially publicly and of you know celebrities, etc. People saying I need a break or I need help because I need, I need to rectify, or I need to find my mental health again. Like I need to, something needs help. And I think you're absolutely right. Like there has been this stigma in the past, but I think having so many people such as yourself step up and say something about it starts to normalize it. It makes people feel not so alone or not crazy or not like they're the only Mm -hmm. one. Right. And it's hard. And so having, I think that's one of the most beautiful things about bringing these tough conversations to light is it just gives us all more permission to have more honest conversations in hopes of helping other people. Yeah. And COVID, like COVID, like, I mean, I think everybody felt some sort of mental uh, anxiety through COVID, right? And it really, I think, opened the eyes of many people who maybe were like naysayers in the mental health mm-hmm. space. Because I remember receiving one message from somebody who uh, what quietly was judging me mm-hmm. for coming out in 2018 and saying, I have this problem. I came out of a hospital who messaged me and said, I am so sorry that what you went through in 2018, I didn't understand it. And I'll, you know, quite frankly was judgy, but I'm feeling this immense anxiety and depression, uh, because of COVID and they're like, I get it now. Yeah. And think that uh, that COVID, if anything came, you know, good things came out of COVID and there were a few things, I think that it really shed light on mental health. You've asked for it. So I'm building it. I've taken the feedback I've received over the last year regarding our in-person workshops and retreats, and I'm building out a masterclass for women looking to leave corporate and launch their own consulting business. I know most of you are planners, so you're not looking to jump ship tomorrow, nor should you. So we're building out the most comprehensive six-month course with over a dozen industry experts that will meet virtually once a week live to answer any questions and create the community necessary to succeed in entrepreneurship while giving you the opportunity to digest the content when it works best for you and your schedule. This first cohort will launch October 3rd. I meet every Tuesday for six months with a few adjustments for the holidays. You'll gain access to the starter kit, six months of content, walking you through everything you need to know how to start your consulting business the right way, in addition to three one-on-one coaching sessions. Since this is our pilot program, we're offering what would be a $10,000 investment for $7,000 and payment plans are available as needed. Working with all these experts would cost you well over $60,000 though. So save yourself 50 grand and a few years of trying to figure it out on your own 
and join us this October for a program that I promise will change your life. Learn more at ricksrixmasterclass.com. COVID has just ripped open everything that we thought we knew and just shat all over it. Um, I mean, yeah, it's, it's been a, a huge mental play on, on a lot of people. So, yeah. so for you as when you came out in 2018 and then you made this conscious decision of like, no, I need to talk about it. Yeah. Um, what were the steps that you, and not that they were like, these are the three steps, but what were some of the things that you intentionally engaged in or, or steps that you took to overcome and like kind of rectify or, or, you know, get yourself back to a safe place? Right. Um, well, so when I left the hospital, I considered my hospital experience a course because I left the hospital with a binder this thick of like, <laughs> we worked all day. Like we did a lot of therapy work, a lot of paperwork. Right. So I have that binder. It's always beside me at home in my office when I, and there are certain exercises in there, like, um, especially like uh, I, I often get very negative thoughts in my head or worrisome thoughts in my head. And I have this, um, this, um, what's the routine that I have from the hospital where I just, I write down all my negative thoughts and I start rationalizing. Well, is this an actual true thought? Is this something that's actually going to happen? And it's a whole exercise that I do when I'm feeling overwhelmed. Um, but aside from, from some of the exercises that I do in my, my workbook, um, I just, you know, I think after getting out of the hospital, like I, I am such a people pleaser. I've always been a people pleaser, which is, which is, you know, people pleasers tend to always have some sort of anxiety or or depression because we're always pleasing people. Right. Yeah. And, um, when I got out of the hospital, I realized that I don't need to do that anymore. I, mm-hmm. I have to be comfortable saying no if I'm not comfortable with something or I don't want to do something, I'm going to say no. If I don't like the way you're acting in my company and you might quit and sure it might hurt for a little bit, I don't care anymore. Go, right? I had yeah. to kind of come out with that attitude that not, I'm not going to die. <laughs> my business isn't going to fall to the ground. I will like I will get over whatever is happening, but I have to take care of myself. I have to take care yeah. of my own mental health and I can't please everybody. And I used to be able to, I used to want to just please everybody. Like, and now I realize I can't Yeah. and, and they're not going to like it. And that's okay. just like letting that go, letting it go. I let yeah. it go. And I shed all of this, this weight of people's expectations of their entitlement to my time, all of it. Right. Yeah. So that was one thing that, um, I I've really worked hard on since being in the hospital. Um, and then just all of the other things like exercise is like my jam. Like I've been exercising <laughs> since I was 18, but I realized when I exercise, I get, I'm just so much of a happier person. Um, so exercise, yeah for me. Um, I don't meditate. I, I, I can't your jam. Meditate. No, I'm, I'm too like, but meditation comes in different forms. It could be reading a book. It could be yeah. listening to your favorite music. It could be watching your favorite show. It's just a time where your brain is turned off and you're into something else. And it doesn't mean that you have to be like, um, <laughs> like meditating. Yeah. I was, I learned that in the hospital because I'm like, listen, 
I can't meditate. Like, yeah. <laughs> don't even. And they're like, listen, meditation comes in different forms. Like, I'm like, good. Thank you for telling me that. Yeah. Um, <laughs> journaling. Oh my gosh. Journaling is huge for me. So I journal almost every single day. And that is where I just let my thoughts go. And that's okay, where nice. I, I give gratitude to the things that are good in my life. And some days there might not be, it'll be really hard for me to write down what I'm grateful for, but most days I'm good, right? Yeah. Uh, if I'm having a bad day, it's not always easy. But um, those are just a few of the things. Gratitude, journaling, meditation in my way, which is like watching a good show or reading a good book or listening to yeah. music, exercise. Um, yeah. Nature. Like I'm at my cottage right now. This is probably the best investment we ever made. I'm right on the water. I just mm. look out in the water and yeah. Yeah. So it's good. But I mean, all that to me sounds like a lot of self-awareness. Yes. You know, a lot of like you, you really dug in, you did the work, you figured out what worked for you and you've stayed committed to it, which yeah. is hard. Yeah. 100%. That's really hard. It so, is so hard. Yeah. Good. Good and for you. <laughs> Like one of the things that um, a lot of people with anxiety and depression is that we ruminate. So like if I said no to you about something before I would be ruminating about, I'm going, oh my God, oh my God, oh my God, I feel so bad. I feel so bad. Oh my gosh, I should say yes. I should say yes. I'll just call her up and say yes. I would ruminate so to the point where I would make myself sick and tell myself all these stories. I don't, I don't do that as often anymore, which is yeah. is a huge improvement. <laughs> like, yeah. Huge. Well, I mean, and, and as you say, an improvement, we are all works in progress, 100%. right? Like it's yeah. all, it's all a process. So, so you said one of the biggest things you learned after going through this experience was the art of letting go. Any yeah. other big lessons uh, that really kind of are things that you just keep in mind? It's like, these are lessons I need to make sure I don't forget outside of, you know, the habits that you just talked about. Yeah. My biggest um, lesson that I ignored, and I, this is one thing I've always said to entrepreneurs, like when I started my business and, you know, I was in, you know, five, six years into my business, I'm like, trust your gut, trust your gut. If your gut is off and you, something doesn't feel right, whether it's about a person, whether it's about a product, whether it's about a uh, um, you know, a path you're, you somebody wants you to go down and it doesn't feel good, trust your gut. Cause most of the time it's right. And whatever that was is not going to turn out well. And I learned that the hard way in 2018, when I didn't trust my gut with this person that we hired, um, something wasn't right, but I was so hopeful that it was not right. That was not true, but it ended up being a whole terrible mess. Um, and so one thing I, I'm, I trust my gut now wholeheartedly. Yeah. Uh, if something does not feel good to me, I'm, I'm out 100% yep. with no questions asked. Yeah. Yeah. So the art of letting go and just trust yourself, trust your gut. Yeah. Um, anything that you know now that you wish you had known then? That it's okay not to be okay. That it's okay to ask for help, that it's okay yeah. to be on medication because you need it, right? These are all the things that I told myself were bad, 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 weak, 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 right? And if I could talk to myself after my first pregnancy and go, Tanya, take the drugs, get the help after, you know, like postpartum depression, I... Those are the things I wish that someone had told me back then that it was okay 
we weren't talking about it back then. I mean, I don't even know if people are talking about it now enough postpartum depression. If someone had said to me, Tanya, I suffered so badly from postpartum depression and this is what I did. I probably, probably would have been like, oh, okay. So it's not just me. Oh, okay. Right. Because you feel so alone because nobody talks about it. I think, and that's, I think that's exactly it. You know, as we talk about like having these public discussions or more prominent discussions about these hard things, especially as women, I think there's so many things that women specifically go through (laughs) and as entrepreneurs go through and as women entrepreneurs go through that are so unique to our journey. And it's like, we need to continue to have these open and public conversations so people don't feel so alone. Right. You know, the next big hot topic is Kylie that nobody talks about enough. Tell me menopause, (laughs) perimenopause and menopause. Like I'm 50. I'm going through perimenopause. Nobody talks about it. Like you like finding information about the things that women's bodies go through Mm -hmm. when you're in this stage of life. Mm -hmm. Like I'm like, I, it's like, I have to, so I, you know, I'm opening that conversation up now too with people. And they're like, oh yeah, I'm going through that too. I'm like, see, nobody talks. Okay. So what I will embarrassingly admit, like, of course I'm a woman, I'm aware of menopause, but it wasn't until like maybe the last year or two that I'd even ever heard the term perimenopause. And I was like, what is this other thing my body is going to go through that I don't know about? Does what? anyone else know anything about this? How can I learn about this? Like, what is happening? But yeah, it's just yeah. like, there's so many things, so many things to constantly learn. And like, I my big thing is like, it's hard to know that you're supposed to ask questions when you don't know that there's something you're supposed to ask questions about. I, I know. And it's like, can you just give me the list of the things that I should be curious about so I can just be yeah. more intentional and, and effective with my time instead of just like running around in circles trying to figure out what I'm supposed to be asking about now? <laughs> I know. I know. It's crazy. I think women, we just, I don't know, like, I thought we were really good at communication. Like we talk about all kinds of weird things, but when it comes to like, you know, I don't know, postpartum depression, miscarriages, uh, perimenopause, menopause, we kind of clam up. And is it, I don't know why, is it because we're afraid to talk about it? Are we afraid that we look weak? I don't know. I, I'm trying to get to the bottom of it, but I'm going to blow up know, the thing. <laughs> yeah, no, I think you should. I think you should. And I think part of it too is all, uh, I feel like over the last couple of years, at least I feel like I've experienced a shift from women being like, it's me versus you to it's, it's a collective us. And I yeah. think that's like a, a mental shift that society is slowly starting to adapt And my hope is with that, we get more open conversations like this. Yes, me too. Me too. We need each um, other. Women need to stick together. Yeah, we do. There's way too many hard things that we have to go through. We have a hard time. Let's just talk about it. (laughs) (laughs) Like, let's learn from each other. Um, One more question I just wanted to ask of you, Tanya, as as we start to wrap up here. So you went through this this whole experience and and some people for some people they might feel like it it could kill their business right mm-hmm. and, and mm-hmm. some people it might but for you i'm curious how is sapology better off now 
that you as the head have led yourself through these challenges. You've had these open, honest conversations. You come out on the other side. How has that influenced your company in any way? Yeah. So the second, when I got out of the hospital, it just sort of, so, uh, it, it's coincided really nicely with, um, our, like our changeover of our catalog. We come out with three catalogs a year and, um, we were always supporting, um, for the like prior, prior, um, years to 2018, we were supporting, um, diabetes, juvenile diabetes for okay. years, sending money to them, right? Like every whole bunch, we would probably, I don't know, donate about 50,000 a year to di- uh, diabetes. And, um, then a change when I came out of the hospital, I'm like, listen, I, I, I want to support mental health, uh, organizations. So we mm-hmm. partnered with, um, crisis tax line in the U S and we partnered with kids help phone in, uh, Canada. And we often once or twice a year do a big mental health, um, campaign on mental health day. And, uh, there's this big thing in January where it's like, bell, let's talk. So our company became a big spokes, like a big advocate for mental health. It wasn't just me, but our entire company, which includes our sophologists across North America. And, um, so that was a huge change. And we noticed that people were joining our company because of our mental health, um, advocacy. Mm. So, yeah, I mean, I'm sure there's people out there who don't join our company because we're mental health advocates. I don't know. Sure. I could be, and I'm sure there is, but from my experience, people love that we do what we're doing. Um, and so I think it's been really great. I think it's yeah. been been really healthy for the company. Um, and we'll just continue. And then of course, now I'm, you know, you and I've been doing heroic together, which is exciting. I can't wait to hear your, uh, keynote next month when we're Same. at the wise. And, um, and now it's, you know, our turn to take this message to bigger stages and, yeah. and hopefully change more lives that way. Right. So, yeah. yeah. And I think that's one of the best things that we can do. Like human beings, we go through a lot of, we go through a lot. And I think when we come out the other side, the best thing we can do is share our stories in hopes of helping other people. Yes. So, so absolutely. And thank you, Tanya, for, for sharing yours. Um, So you are working on uh, your public speaking game right now. Any other big things that you're working on that you want to share? Oh gosh. Uh, Well, personally, I'm like, want to write a book. Doesn't everybody? There's a lot of publishers that are going to get a lot of business. Yeah. 10 quick start, one follow through. So <laughs> there you <laughs> go. Um, It'll be yeah. a short book. It could be a short book. Yeah. At Sybology, we are launching a whole bunch of great products. So uh, we're launching uh, next spring, a perimenopause booster. Yes. So nice. it's uh, I know that's why I'm opening up this conversation about menopause because we actually have a FDA approved and a health Canada approved product. That's going to be, that'll help people with all of the like symptoms of hot flashes and moodiness and yada, yada. Um, yeah, we've got our conference coming up in two weeks. Uh, we call it SipCon, where we introduce a whole bunch of new products. We've got oat creamer coming out. We've got monk fruit sweetener coming out. Oh God, a bunch of functional lattes with, a whole bunch of ashwanda mushrooms in it. Like, oh my gosh, we got all oh, kinds of fun. great things happening at uh, Sopology. Everything to do with your health and wellness. So yeah. I love it. 
I love it. Um, all right. Two last questions for you, my dear, and then we'll let you get on with your day. Okay. Um, all right. What impact do you want to make on the world or what legacy do you want to leave? Um, I want to be known as that person who openly talked about their mental health and helped other people overcome their own mental health fears and um, um, personal judgment of themselves and, and get the help that they want. I mean, that's what I I would love to be known for, whether that's, whether I've been known for that or RT, I don't know. We'll see. <laughs> I think it will be more. Or both. <laughs> or both. Um, what was the second question? Oh, that was just either oh, was like the, the impact or the legacy. So I think yeah. you got that. Um, yeah. But I got one more for you. This is the last okay. one. Yep. What is your greatest insight or discovery about both life and entrepreneurship? Of being an entrepreneur? Like your biggest insight or discovery about life and its similarities to entrepreneurship. Like, is there one big insight about the two of those things together? The two. You're, sorry, you broke up a little bit. So the two, like life and life and entrepreneurship. entrepreneurship. Mm-hmm. Hmm. That's a good question. Life and entrepreneurship. Um, gosh, I don't know. They're kind of like one and the same, really. I mean, like, I'm like your life is sort of like your, you know, your family's like building an entrepreneur, like you're building a business within your family. It's like a, like a family, I don't know. And then entrepreneurship is building a company, but they're kind of, they, they're the same. Like I, I don't really have much of a, there's not really a disconnect between the two. My family is my business. My business is my family. Um, I think that's, a, that's probably, yeah, best answer I have right I now. I think that's it. My family is my business. My business is my family. Yeah. That's yeah. good. Yeah. That's good. All right. All I'll, right. I'll write that one. Yeah, you should. <laughs> that's you should get that like on a on a sign or something and stick yeah. it in your your home or your office. Um, well, Tanya, I don't want to take up too much more of your time. Thank you so much for anybody listening right now. If they want to get in touch with you, what's the best way for them to reach out or, or connect? Well, you can follow me on Tanya Jashan at uh, on Instagram, Tanya Jashan on um, LinkedIn, Tanya Jashan on Facebook. And, um, and then of course, all of those same channels is Sipology. So it's very simple. Tanya Chan and Sipology on all of the, all the I'm things. not on, uh, I'm not on TikTok or anything that like that. Yeah. But LinkedIn, Instagram, Facebook, and yeah, threads. I, I have kind of dabbled into threads, but I'm like, Oh God, another one that I need to manage. <laughs> I have not. I, I don't know. I'm I, know. I think I'm boycotting threads already. I'm I know. just like I so I done with do. all the things. So <laughs> done with all the things. Um, well, for anybody listening uh, who's enjoyed this episode as much as I have, please go ahead and leave a review on whatever platform you're listening. Tanya, thank you so much for sharing your story, for doing the work that you're doing. Um, and thank you so much for your time today. Thank you, Kylie. To continue learning how to better build your business, and make your vision a reality, subscribe to the Welcome to Eloma email list at welcometoeloma.com.